welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. Of course, I'm your host and Heart Centered Sales Leader, Connie Whitman. Now, to help you with, you know, I'm on this movement. I'm going to make this mission happen where that word sales has to shift from ugly and icky and sleazy to one of love, care, and respect. So to help you with that little mindset shift, I have a free gift for everybody. Go to my website, whitmanassos.com slash CSA for communication style assessment. Take your quiz. You get an immediate report that shows your superpowers. We need to know them and we want to leverage that. And it also shows you your blind spots. Blind spots are probably more important because that's where we shoot ourselves in the foot. So again, free gift me to you to help you on that mindset shift. Uh, the other thing, because you know, I asked for so many things. If you're loving the show, please, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you rate and review, I love reading the reviews and feeling the love. It truly does touch me and it means a lot to me. So my motivational quote today to set the scene for my cool guest is by Keith Ferrazzi. And Keith says, the currency of real networking is not greed, but generosity. So take a moment. When you hear the word networking, does, are you all of a sudden filled with this dread? And do you start thinking, here we go again? Networking is full of the business card stabbers, negative energy, people entering into the network witness protection program. That is a quote from my guest today. Well, what if I told you there's such a better way and a much more fun way to network would you listen and be interested? Because that's what we're going to dig in today. So today my expert is Megan Conter, and we're going to dig into the new, I'm doing air quotes for my Apple podcast people, the new networking that is full of abundance, growing business, personal and professional life, harmony, and power partnerships that light us up. Now, Megan uses her power to connect elevate, entertain, big entertainer, and celebrate extraordinary women as the CEO of the Dames, a global community designed specifically for women running and leading six and seven figure businesses. Now, Megan believes that anything can be accomplished through fearless collaboration, laughter, fun, and love. And once a burnout over networked CEO, she is now the global ultra connector for women who thrive in the space where self-worth and set set and, and net worth align. So please help me welcome my amazing, awesome friend and guest, Megan, to the show. So Meg, thanks for being on. Woo! I'm so excited Woo! to be here with you, Connie. We're going to have a blast. Yes, so we. Is everyone who's listening. Yes, we are. And and this, you know, I mean, we're we. You are full of love and fun and just great energy and entertainment and all of those things. Here's the deal, though. Networking, you know, it's a. It feels like a burden. And I have to say, I joined the Dames last summer, I think. So it's just about a year. And I've met the most incredible women. You, I, I think our first conversation, you introduced me to 10 people that I started collaborate, collaborating with right out of the gate. So this is, guys, tune in, man, because this is so different than anything you've experienced. So first question, Meg, what brought you to where you are today? Like, how, what was that, that journey look like for you? Yeah, the quick and dirty is I started my first business back in 2009. I left corporate and it was like a breath of fresh air when I became an entrepreneur. You know, it was that 
feeling of finally I've found the place I am supposed to be. Thank goodness. And so going into the world of entrepreneurialism, I was doing a lot of networking for years as I was building my marketing business. And in the beginning, it was a lot of fun. You know, I kind of, I, I killed a lot of birds with one stone with networking. I was using it as a dating pool. I was using it as a friend building pool. I was using it as a business building pool, all of the things. And what I, what I was doing is actually wasting a lot of time, quite honestly. I mean, I, I didn't end up meeting my husband networking, so that's a good thing. I didn't end up, I did end up meeting a lot of friends and a lot of clients at sort of a lot of clients at the time, but so much time I spent, so many business cards I accumulated, so many lacerations from business card stabs I accumulated. And it really just became this cumbersome thing that took a lot of time. I, you know, I drank too much wine and I drank too much coffee going to all the night events and all the daytime events. And I came to a point where I realized as I had been probably networking for, I'd say five, seven years. And I had, I had been, I got to the point of running other people's networking events basically because I wanted to be at the front of the room and I'm always that natural leader. I just want to be the leader. And when I would run my events, for these other groups, I would make them fun and engaging and I'd switch up the agenda so that it could be, you know, people would leave feeling energized and they'd leave feeling like, you know, better than when they came. And the main core issues that I really found with all of the networking that was available is that it was very homogenous in nature. And I was a woman growing a women owned business with targeting women. And I was in this place of wanting to shift the way that business was done for women And I was also wanting to surround myself with my peers and my mentors. And I felt like I had to seek through a needle in a haystack to find them. So back in the day, I had read some articles showing me that only 2% of female-owned businesses get to the seven-figure mark, and around 10 to 15% of female-owned businesses get past 100,000 in revenue in the United States. And these stats kind of gave me one of those like, oh my gosh, moments, and you know, made me really cringe. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna do something different here. I wanna create a space where women who can come, to, can come together who are running these mid-level businesses growing from six to seven figures so that we can get more of us into that seven-figure mark. Absolutely. And I'm also gonna bring women in director and VP positions who are in those middle rungs together so that they can go up to the C-suite. And it's gotta be different. It's gotta be fun. It's gotta be a space where people can actually connect in a very different way. So that's where the you know conversation around power partners comes in. And it's gotta be full of professional and personal blending and growth. Because the last thing that women need is to feel competition and to feel like we have to separate ourselves as these professional and personal people. So we brought all of that together and created uh, events back in 2015 that expanded and exploded. And we got to 2017 and I realized this was needed everywhere in the world, not just here in Denver, and built our online platform, started launching chapters in 2018 and became an official company in that year. And we have just exploded and expanded in such beautiful, joyful, fun ways ever since to a community of over 400 women on four continents and over 37 states in the US. And we are just so, I'm so blessed. I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled. And I just every day get to hear the stories like you tell me and like other dames tell me about the amazing connections that they're making and the things that they're learning in our trainings and the the mentorship that they're receiving and just so much that is uh, 
available. And, and, you know, I like you, Megan, you not, you and I have had these conversations in the past that I belong to so many different types of networking groups and they were the same. Um, I never felt like I learned anything. I felt they were very cliquish so that, you know, if you weren't in with the in crowd, you know, you were kind of left out. It was very competitive instead of supportive. And, you know, I, I remember I had gone to one women, all women networking event. I was supporting a colleague of mine who was the speaker and the we were sitting at a table and it was right before the election with Hillary Clinton. And I, you know, I'm I, and I, not that anybody really needs to know this, but I'm an independent. So I truly vote for the person. I, I don't say that I'm either side. Right. And so we were at this um, table and this CPA, highly educated woman. Uh, started talking about Hillary Clinton. And I said, oh, I'm so curious, you know, what is resonating with you, right, hearing other intelligent women with her platform? And all she had to say was she's a woman. And I felt sick to my stomach. So I, because I thought, what? That is that is not a reason to vote for anyone, right, because of ethnicity or gender or whatever. To me, that's just not how my brain works. So I remember I picked my stu- stuff up. It was snowing out. And I got in the car and I called my husband ranting. I excused myself. I had to go to the ladies' room. Never went back and my husband was like it's snowing i'm like i'm pulling over i was enraged because i thought i that's not who i want to be part of that you're making a decision because we need a woman in the white house do i agree with that sure but that's not a reason to vote for someone so i felt like these are not my people man i want people who to who have the ability to think based on logic not on, you know, a woman because you're a woman. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So then I found you. I was introduced to you. I don't even remember who introduced us, Megan. I don't even remember now. And it was like magic. And I found my people. And, you know, you and I, I've had them on my show. I've been on their shows. Um, I've hired several of them. A few of them have hired me. There's just such an element of love and respect. And let's, man, let's, let's lock arms and, and change the world. World, but in a really, really good way where we're shining our brilliance without and, and, and it is a little competitive, right? I want to get to those six figures. I'm going to be better than you, right? But a fun competitive edge, not I'm not going to share people with you because, you know, you might take that client from me. It's an abundance mentality, which is just phenomenal to be part of, right? Yep. And you meant seven figures. You want to get to those seven figures. Oh, yeah. No, I want to get, no, multi, or let me rephrase it. I, multi-figures, yes. I want to get to multi-seven figures is my objective, yes. right? But yeah, right. so thank you for sharing. Thank you for correcting me, my friend. Yes. All right. So what was your business and personal like life be, before that 2018? It sounds like that was the big pivot for you when yeah, the Thames became really like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, sales is everything in business. And that's what I love about listening to your podcast is the way that you approach it. But it's because we, the best people at sales, I believe that are truly authentic, authentically good at it. It's because they're in alignment with who they are and what, what it is that they're doing. So they can't, you know, they can't not be good at sales because they're so passionate about it and they know exactly who they're here to target and who they're here to work with. And that connection just happens easier. So I found myself um, successfully running my marketing business prior to this, and I really loved the work that I did, and I loved getting deep with clients and being able to play Tetris with their business and really help them 
get clear on what the best brand and the best marketing strategies were for them for where they were headed. And it was a lot of work. I was kind of stuck in the one-on-one rat race and I really feel like every different entrepreneur has a different business model that would work best for them. You know, coaching and consulting isn't for every single entrepreneur. Agree. And I just found myself fitting into that shoe because it was a shoe that fit. But if you want to talk about it from the big leap perspective, which a lot of people have read the big leap, I wasn't functioning in my zone of genius. I was functioning in a, in a zone of competence for sure. Uh, but it wasn't this space of like total ease and total bliss. So I was running the, uh, I was running Dame's events at the time in Denver. And, you know, we had just built at the end of 2017, we just launched our global platform so that we could start having members join from outside. So 2018 was the first year where we were in official business and we actually could expand beyond Colorado. And so I just found myself working way too much back Mm -hmm. then before 2018 you know, working in my marketing business, like 50, 60 hours a week. I was, I had a team of subcontractors that I was managing, like let's say 20 people that I was managing on a regular basis. Plus I was running Dames events. It was a lot. lot. And I just found myself taking on way more than I should. I found myself working harder, falling into programming that I had witnessed from my parents. They're very hard workers and they're from a generation where work hard and play hard is, you know, the thing. And I didn't really realize that I could work smart and take a lot of time off and make a lot more money and be a lot happier in my life at that time. So that was really what this situation was. And I, you know, prior to 2017, I was also still drinking alcohol. And that was something that I realized and identified at the end of 2017, the last quarter was something that was keeping me from my excellence. And it was keeping me from achieving the greatest heights that I knew I was here to achieve. So a lot of that was just kind of coming to a head right before then. And that's when I made my decision in um, October of 2017 to quit drinking for good. And it was like a slingshot into 2018, which was so beautiful and amazing. And my life opened up and my mind was clearer and my entire situation and life changed. So that's, that's kind of what was going on. What a beautiful, um, inspiring and motivating journey because Megan, you know, man, we we're all dealing with crap, right? Everybody's got crap. And with COVID, like there was another layer of crap that we had to deal with and figure out. And so nobody is immune, right? So that was, thank you for sharing that, that personal story because it's relevant, right? We, and everybody listening is going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Like I, I feel that, like, how do I change that? So now, okay, that was pre 2018 when the when you found your your mojo right when you really found your yep. jam but let's just say that what is life and business life like now when you're in your zone of genius and and I just I, I quickly want to comment I love how you said competency and zone of genius because we're competent at a lot of things but you know they're like I'm competent at a lot of things but I think oh my god if I have to do that again put pins in my eyes like ugh, how yep. painful where my zone of genius is pure joy and bliss because I'm doing what I love and I'm helping other people find that joy and bliss and it doesn't feel like oh. pins in my eyes right so I, I I hope everyone heard that distinction competency and zone of genius kind of two different things 
things. So contemplate that one statement Megan has already said. Now, what is life like post that whole, you know, since that revelation in 2018, that trajectory forward? What is life like now? What is your journey? Well, it's kind of like a compilation of a bunch of things that were going on, all these paths that were merging at that same time, because Mm -hmm. in order to, I was, I was big into the big leap and I had really comprehended and understood what it looks like to be in your zone of genius. And for me, my zone of genius has always been connecting and connecting people, me connecting with people, making connections that create sales, that create literally everything in my life. And I was like, heck, I can't possibly monetize that. And I remember back in like 2017, there was a colleague of mine who started like in Denver, who started charging to make connections for people. And I thought, well, maybe that's what I could do. Maybe that's, you know, a product that I could start offering or something. And eh, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't, that doesn't align with me. But at the same time, getting very clear on what my big, hairy, audacious goal was and having the first time ever in, you know, so I'd started my business in 2009, this is 2018, having the first time ever of sitting in meditation and visualizing my life as it will be in about, you know, five to 10 years from that period of time. I was one of those entrepreneurs who, when you asked me the question, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? I would sarcastically respond, you know, celebrating the day that you asked me this question. That's what I would respond. Like I would just be celebrating the day that you asked me that question. Cause I have no freaking idea where I'm headed. But at that time when I got super clear and the skies parted and the heavens parted, and it was like, ah, I figured it out. I see where I'm headed. <laughs> That was when I gave myself permission to go full throttle toward that vision. And I knew I had to move out of the way all of those blocks. I was not an alcoholic. I was not someone who was, you know, in a place where I was, uh, I didn't even have a rock bottom moment. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a rock bottom moment, but it was that conscious choice and decision. And there have been other things that I've had to move out of the way since. And once you're clear and once you have that path forward, and you know what your zone of genius looks like, and you believe in yourself, and you do the personal growth work that's needed to really clear out all of that imposter syndrome and and limiting beliefs and things that are just keeping you from fully charging toward what it is that you want, you really have that clarity and you have the support that you need of the universe or whatever your beliefs are, and you can move steadfast forward. And that's what it's been for me. Of course, there have been hiccups. Of course, there have been little you know, little teeny rocks that I've tripped over on the, on this grand long run, but it's by far, those rocks are not boulders and they're not mountains in the way. And my life has been so much more fulfilling and I've really figured out how to work less and less every year and how to embrace leadership of my team and how to embrace leadership of a multinational, you know, membership community. And it's just become this life of ease and flow and joy and moving toward this big picture vision of getting more women to the seven figure mark and more women into the C-suite with laughter and joy and a healthy, healthy personal and professional life harmony. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's, it's our birthright, number one. Yes. But we make everything so freaking hard because we think that I'm working hard. So that means I'm successful, which is such an illogical, really, it's illogical. It's funny. You said something about your parents work hard, play hard. And, you know, my dad came from Italy and, and at 20, right? So courageous, right? Opened his own business, courageous, but he worked 
so hard, Megan. And, and I could remember as a little girl, um, you know, we lived downstairs from my grandparents and it was an older house. So he would work, commute to Brooklyn. You know, we live in Jersey, right? So he would commute to Brooklyn, you know, get home at 10 o'clock at night, work these long hours because my mom at the time was a stay at home mom so, to put food on the table, right? And, and all that. And then on the weekends, he did projects around the house. So my father was in constant motion. There was constant projects. There was constant accomplishments. And I was in awe of that thinking because he's brilliant. He's 90 years old. God bless him. And he's still brilliant, right? So now fast forward. What did, what did I learn observing this, that you have to work hard. You have to work 13, 15, 16 hour days to show that you're going to make it right. And it, it, it's a learned behavior. And now, you know, you look, you look at life and that's really not a healthy way to be. It was my dad's journey and that's what he needed for his life. But that's certainly not what I want in my life. And, and finding that balance, Megan, you know, it's hard because there's always work to be done when you're a business owner, right? It's hard also to let go of, to first become aware of that programming that you were just speaking of. And then second to not, I mean, sometimes we need to make it wrong just because it's part of our journey. But I've realized in my life that I, like my parents didn't do anything wrong. They did everything great as well as they could. Sure. But we get to make a choice if that's for us moving forward or if it's not. And a lot of times, you know, we're living in different times than our parents were. That will always be that no matter what generation you're in. So you get to decide what are you going to carry forth in terms of programming and beliefs and ideas and, and judgments and everything else. And what are you going to let go and allow for yourself to have your own beliefs and your own choices and your own awareness. And, you know, the whole thing about working less is such, like you said, there's so much to do. I remember being on the phone with my mom probably 10 years ago and she said, so did you get caught up? And I said, mom, you can literally remove that question from your vocabulary <laughs> from now until the end of time because I will literally never be caught up. But what I remember, what I realized now looking back at that is like, well, first of all, that's bull honky because it's my choice. And that just means that I'm not doing a good enough job hiring enough people and training them and getting them in the right seats on the right bus, which is what I've been working really hard on the last couple of years. Nice. So I, I am getting farther and farther toward that goal of me being bored, <laughs> quite honestly, and everybody else having plenty of work to do and me creating sustainable employment Absolutely. for a seven-figure business for all these amazing people and a culture that makes people just every day so thrilled to do the work that they do with the dames, which is the culture we have. Absolutely. And it's just, it takes commitment. And there are times every single day, every single week when I feel pulled backward in that sense of like, oh, I'm just going to lure you back into your old habits. You know, your, your old ways of working long hours. And, you know, I'm not productive that way. I, I have a saying right here, a sticky note that sits right in front of me all the time. And it says, The more I relax, the more money I make, the more time off I take, the more I make, and the bigger the moves I can make. So it's just really reminding myself that I don't have to go back to that unconscious programming of the unconscious incompetency, quite honestly. Yeah, this, you know, and, and everybody, I, I hope you heard again, I'm pulling these nuggets out for you. You know, that's what I do, right? That idea that you have a choice, we all have a choice. And by saying, well, I don't have a choice. I have to work this hard because I have a mortgage and I have, well, that's a choice you're making to stay in that mindset 
and not do the inner work. And and that's another thing, Megan, I, I commend you for, because the inner work, it's hard work, right? Oh, really yeah. peeling back your own onion, your own crap and saying, okay, that belief really isn't serving me. How can I yep. eliminate it? How can I shift my paradigm of thinking? All of that takes effort. It, it, the it thing is, stops. it never stops. That's exactly right. Because we have, and, and I'm, I'm not going to bore you with the science, but there's been study that our DNA transmit beliefs from 14 generations ago. So not only are we dealing with our own crap, but we're dealing with 14 generations of crap. So we have a lot of these limiting beliefs that just aren't serving us anymore. But we have a choice which to continue to embrace and which to change and eliminate. But it's effort, right? So everything is effort. We're not saying, we're not, Megan is not saying that she wakes up eating bonbons all day and everybody around her are her minions. Like, that's not how this works, right? Nope. And, you know, honestly, there's been this, this this new layer that's sort of revealed itself of the fact that I had quit drinking three years ago at three and a half years ago. And there's studies that show that when you started drinking, that's when you emotionally stopped growing. Ooh. And so I got to this point in 2017, well, mostly 2018, about a year after, because it takes it takes a good six months to remove all of the proteins and everything that get installed in your body and your brain from alcohol. So when I was finally clear-headed and clear of all of that, I started realizing, wow, I've got a lot of other emotions that are coming up, anger mm. being one of them. Mm. And anger is a difficult emotion for women to deal with because it's culturally not accepted, but mm. at the same time, it's uh, it's often in a lot of families, it's accepted. You're Italian, so am I. My roots came from you know, a space of, it wasn't considered angry to be yelling at each other at the dinner table. It was just considered a way of communicating and it was considered a way of getting heard. And, you know, using sarcasm as a consistent way of communicating with each other was oftentimes something that was accepted in my family. So when I realized what that was causing in my new, in my not new relationship, but in my relationship and my family, I had to look at myself and say, wow, is this something that I want to carry forward? Or is this maybe not the healthiest program to carry forward? And it was starting to show up because of the other emotions that were behind it was starting to show up much more frequently. So yeah, it's, I mean, there have been moments where I'm totally on the floor and needing to be in a puddle of my own tears for days. And then I'll pick myself back up and work toward the next thing and work consistently on myself. But that is something that I have owned in, in this growth journey. And I talk about it all the time in the dames. I'm the one who is opening up and telling people what it is that I'm going through on calls. And I think that's important as a leader, because if not, everyone else around you is struggling and they feel like they're the only ones. And they feel like, well, Megan has all her stuff together and she never has any breakdowns. She never has any issues. She never feels depressed or anxious or nope, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's so important to show. Yeah. And, and, you know, being vulnerable is where the best leadership lies when you could be real with with people. And it was so funny. I remember one of the students in one of my my corporate clients years ago, she said something like there was an image from uh, on um 
Facebook or something. I don't know about my kid going to the prom and it had this huge mantle behind it. It was at someone else's home, not mine. And, um, you know, I, gr- I grew up in a, my, we lived in a very affluent town. So these homes were mansions, right? So the pre-party, whatever. And she goes, oh, I saw that picture. And there was a level of jealousy that came through. And I said, oh, yes. I said, oh, my friend, she has such a beautiful house. She goes, that wasn't your house. And I said, no, I don't have a mantle like that. Like was my reaction, right? I go, no. She's like, oh, and I go, oh, you thought that was my house? So I kind of chuckled. She goes, yeah, like I picture you in, you know, but, and then her image of me, it put, I, I, Megan, it made me pause and I go, you're kidding me, right? And I go, well, flip that script and I'm the polar opposite. Like, I'm so not about that. And, you know, the cards and the lavish vacations. So this image, when people see what they deem success, right? Whatever that means. Her image, I guess, of me was, oh, she's successful. And she had all the, I had all the trappings when it was the opposite. Yes, I am successful, but I didn't need the big house with the big mantle and all of those things. So it's really funny, exactly what you just said. People perceive that, oh, she's got her act together when the opposite is, you know, yesterday I was crying my eyes out on the floor like a baby because, you know, something was overwhelming, right? It's okay to tell people that. Man, honesty, I, 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 I think that's good leadership to show, to, not that you want to be a puddle. Like, oh, you know what happened to me? No. It's not about you, but when you have those vulnerable moments that people say, holy crap, you're going through the same crap I'm going through. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. I am. It's, it's an art of, um, you know, Brene Brown, of course, is the vulnerability expert. And yeah. It's, it's an art of knowing when it's time to talk about it and when it's not. Absolutely. You know, if you're in the hardcore midst of a big time breakdown, Talking about it is only going to hurt other people. It's going to trigger them because you haven't processed it yet. Exactly. But if you've gotten to that place of processing and you can go back and kind of, you know, lead people along. I mean, it's been one of the biggest gifts of my life for the last three years is sharing the story of quitting drinking and helping women who feel like they they have some kind of a thing that they want to remove in terms of an addiction to or an affiliation with or, a you know, whatever you want to call it alcohol being this thing that just is holding them back and they kind of know it, but they don't know where to go. Or maybe it's food or maybe it's sex or maybe it's pot or maybe it's workaholism because I can tell you, I went from drinking a lot to going into this, this workaholism space. You know, I drink on the weekends, no more. Now I'm going to work on the weekends. And that took a while to just say, okay, hold on. I'm substituting one thing for another. And that's because I'm feeling lacking inside. Yeah. But you don't want to share that as a leader until you've processed it enough that you don't trigger everyone else in their own hurt and their own pain. Well said. Yeah. Cause you, you want to be the guiding light for people. So yeah, once you go through it, you could say, you think you're alone. I was there too. You know, two years ago, I'm sitting where you sat. Let me, let me help you. Right. Let me be your guide. That's where, that's where good leadership comes from where you, yeah, exactly. You're not in the throes of a, of a tantrum, you know, an emotional tantrum and you're blah, blah, blah. And everybody, you know, nobody, everybody's got their own crap. They don't need to deal with your crap. It's when you come out of it, the other side that you could be the guiding light for them to show them the way. Well, well said. That's just to me, that's a beautiful element of, of true leadership, right? Organic, true, honest, raw leadership. So that, that was just beautifully said. What are you most grateful for now? I would say that the the thing that has been so amazing is this, ah, oh man, this um, true like clicking in alignment that I've had since that moment in beginning of 2018 when I had the vision of where the dames is headed of 
knowing where this business is going, this multi-international company that's going to have chapters all over the world. Yes. And feeling the support at that time, feeling the support of millions of women around me that are the dames that are all connected to each other and are all helping one another. And that is what I get to experience every single day. I get to experience the connections that happen and what what is the byproduct of those connections, which is you know, new business being done, it's people's lives being changed, it's collaborations that are creating bigger footprints for women's businesses, it's women conquering cancer with each other and, yeah. you know, losing husbands with each other and yeah. all kinds of things that happen while we're sharing our stories and sharing our secrets and helping each other as we're learning the tactics and the tools that we need, but we're also being vulnerable and sharing what it is that we're wanting. Yes. And we're doing it with other high caliber women, yes. right? It's a different stage of business that everyone is, well, it's not a different, it's the same stage of business, basically, that all of our members are at. We're at that place where we're moving toward that seven-figure mark, or we're in the early seven-figure stages and being those mentors saying, hey, I was there a couple of years ago. Yes. Let me hold your hand and help you walk through this space. And whether you want to be at seven figures or you want to be high six figures or whatever the heck your case may be, you're a growth-oriented woman. That's who a dame is and an impact-oriented woman. So we're sharing secrets on you know, ways of how we're starting foundations or how we're starting passion projects or where we're putting our charity money and you know, all of those things that are happening for women who are at this level of, I don't want to work so much anymore. I want to have more significance in my life. I want to have more friends that are, you know, that understand me. Absolutely. And that's what the dames is all just come together for. So I feel most grateful for leading this amazing group of talented, loving, funny, hilarious women. Yeah. And that is one thing I will say every time we get a group together and I, you know, you schedules, they are what they are, right? We have commitments. If it was up to me, I'd be at every one of the events. So I try to make as many as I can because we laugh, we learn, we grow, we connect um, every time. So it's interesting. I, the power partners um, that you would, you know, I mentioned in the intro, but the power partners. So I, I try to make it a habit to go to the website, the Dame's website and try to find those like-minded people that I could have on the show that we could collaborate together, maybe do a passion project together or something. Right. So right. Uh, two people specifically, I just want to do a shout out for Alicia Huck and um, uh, Shoshana, yeah. the amazing Shoshana. Yeah. And I did uh, calls with them, you know, to get to know. And then, you know, ultimately they were on my show as well. But both of them got messages and after our conversations that we we had to end, you know, because of our schedule, they both sent me these very lengthy emails with a tremendous amount of information that I could use in my business. There was no commitment. There was no money exchanged. And I emailed them. And the one day, Shoshana, I, I, I just was having a bad day. We all do. And her email was exactly what I needed. And I emailed her back in tears saying, I'm crying right now. So I'm, I'm kind of mad at you, right? In, in jest. And I said, that was the most generous email I had ever received of your time that you felt I needed whatever the messaging was that she was receiving during our conversation. And I had to go because I had another meeting, but that they're so generous. And that's another thing. I'm generous because I want everybody to succeed. The bigger we can play, the 
bigger impact we could have in the world from a from a philanthropic yes. perspective, right? Well, to do that, you, it takes money, time, effort, all those things, which is what the dames are all about. Free up time, we get more money, we can really play big when we talk about yeah. changing the world. And that's what the dames for me is about. And the people I meet are so generous and giving without looking for a reciprocal um, kind of thing, which just makes you want to be even more generous. And then from that becomes more business and more growth and more money and all of these magical things. This is the best thing I ever did joining the dames. And you know, I, I think Megan, once a week, I'm sending people, you you need to meet this person. I think they should be a dame, right? Because we, we find like-minded people. We attract that. And then we want to share that and we want to play bigger together. And I think that's what you at, as the hub of the leader, I think that's what you're all about. That generosity, that giving, that love, that fun, um, that we've got this and ups and downs. Yeah. We've got this. We've got you. We, we, the tide rides, right? And all the boats rise together. That's the essence of who you are. I think Megan. So thank you. And that's really what I've set out to. You know, as a marketing uh, expert first, I guess, I would say that the thing I can be super grateful for is also that I started the dames with that in mind, with a strategy in mind, with knowing exactly who I was here to impact and how we were going to be differentiated from everyone else and experiencing that pain of going to other networking events and feeling like I was being hunted or like (sighs) I was hunting, like I had to find that next client. And that comes with a couple of different territories, right? It comes with the old networking philosophy territory. Disgusting. And it also comes with early stages of business territory. Yes. There's nothing wrong with it. No, There are times when we really, I was just talking with Carrie Norley, another dame about this yesterday, just that feeling of what it was like when you're just trying to get $2,000 a month yeah. so you could pay your bills, you yeah. know, and that yeah. feeling was only like 10 years ago, but still that's, that feeling is still so real and so raw inside of me. And I have complete compassion and understanding for people when they feel that. And when you get to the level of the dames, the reason why we are a exclusive group is because your needs are different at that point in time. We're not desperate for leads anymore. We are in that space of really wanting to connect with other people who those relationships, those power partnerships that we make connections for our members to to meet and that, that members then take and move forward with are designed to be able to mastermind with each other. Yes. They're designed to be able to cross-refer business with each other and to collaborate and create things together. Yes. And that is a totally different mindset than your traditional old networking. And it had its time and its place, but now we're in this space of really needing to figure out what kinds of relationships are strategic for our use of our time. And our one big commitment in the dames is to help women figure out how to effectively and efficiently build and grow a network that nurtures and sustains them and that they can give generously to in two to four hours a month. Yeah. And it's really possible. You just have to let go of all the preconceived notions and the things that you used to do and the waste of time that you used to have in yeah. your old networking practices. Yeah, it's, it's entirely possible. It's refreshing. And it's, you know, again, as soon as I met you and Brianna and, and just started meeting dames, it, it, I felt like I was home, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real, guys. Um, and the, I'm speaking from my heart because it's changed my life and it hasn't even been a year. So, um, you know, I know there's more magic to come and more magic that I can provide for other dames, which is why it's it's just, a, it's always, it's a rich experience. So if yes. you are interested, if, if Megan and I have intrigued you, which I truly hope, because we need more of the Megans and Connies in the world, man, yes. um, because we want to play big 
big, we want to serve big as well. So please go to the website. It's easy. It's thedames.co, not dot com. It's co. So thedames.co. And if you really are interested, um, a great way to test us and get a vibe of what's going on, you could go to thedames.co slash roundtable, and you'll just get a real good flavor of the sharing and caring and loving and fun and goofiness um, that we we just really do share freely. So again, start at the dames.co. You have a question specifically for Megan, go through the dames.co and you can send her a message there. Um, she's wonderful at responding. So uh, please do that. If you need, and, and guys, I'll post that in the show notes as well. So you can find uh, my Megatron over here. Uh, first time we met right at Meg's, I was calling you Meg's. You're like, my family yep. calls me that. I'm like, oops. And you were like, no, I love it. So yeah, exactly. you just, yeah, we, we connected, um, just so, so nicely right out of the gate. And you guys, if you need more Connie in your life, which of course you do, please go to whitmanassos.com. Uh, you can email me there. You can find all my free resources, my books, my masterclasses, you name it. I'm giving it. Um, again, don't forget, take your communication style assessment, whitmanassos.com slash CSA for communication style assessment. Um, Megan, thank you again. And I really hope that, well, I know that you are inspiring. I hope people take those nuggets that you've shared and start implementing in how they think about business or think about their corporate work or, or whatever, so that they too can get to that next level and just serve bigger and better and larger and have a beautiful life, you know, that balance of life uh, and work together. So thank you for sharing. Uh, truly appreciate that. Ditto. And thank you, Connie. You are a gift to this world that everyone should have a part of. That is thank for you. sure. Yeah. No, I listen, we got to we got to play together, right? And play nicely yeah. as well. Share yeah. the love. It's all about sharing the love. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I hope you will join me. You guys will join me. Week pleasure. I hope you guys will join me weekly as we build, build and discover together that no matter where you are in your life, in your career, I'm really hopeful that my uh, guests and I, the point of the show is to share resources, ideas, tips, strategies that you can listen and implement immediately. That's how you move the needle. That's how you create change in your life. So really, really listen to the show. Take those notes. I hope every week subscribe so you don't miss an episode and I really do hope that it's always value added and I do hope that you feel my guests and my love that we want you to grow and share and thrive uh, truly truly and I, I choose guests specifically who come from that perspective um, because the show is for you my listeners not for my guests and I and we are here to serve so thank you for tuning in to the Heart Centered Sales Leader podcast with me your host uh, and Heart Centered Sales Leader Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net I wish you all amazing week filled with inspiration, love, and I am honored to have you on this journey. Please, please take one of the tips from today, apply them in your life, and see the magic that happens. Thanks for joining us every week, guys. See you next week. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. Follow.